honestly, I was just working my way up to death. I thought about killing myself every day. I was using all the time, and I, that's not a sustainable lifestyle. My brother shot himself because of drugs. When you are using technology to lure children for sexual purposes, there's a couple of problems that concern me. But I remember feeling kind of relieved after hurting myself. Do you have any idea how much you were worth? I like to say it this way, great people are really built in the furnace of affliction. Our teens are navigating a world of information anarchy and increased stress and pressure. Drugs are glorified more than ever before and there seems to be a suicide option that didn't exist prior. As adults, we are responsible to provide the help at-risk teens need. Have teens changed or is it just the world they live in that's different? Is this why so many teens are traumatized or triggered? My name is Aaron Huey and in 2009, I opened a home for these teens with the hopes of giving them a second chance at creating the life we all know they deserve. Now I want to give parents the information that contributed to our success and to support them in navigating the at-risk world. These are the stories told by the teens and the techniques used by experts to help them. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. Folks, I'm at the Winter Symposium here in Colorado Springs. This is another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. I'm having so much fun here because I am meeting these experts and I am having some of the most awesome conversation with some of the most eloquent people in the field of addiction, recovery, mental health, human services. So in a booth across from me is Sierra Tucson. Now they're a very popular treatment center. And I've known about them. I toured them years ago as I was looking for a program for a family member. Um, we ended up going with Cirque, but uh, we, we were in a, a awesome. They are awesome. Yeah. Um, but I remember my tour at Sierra. And on their picture uh, of, their, of their marketing, of their banner, uh, uh, on their marketing banner, there is a picture of a labyrinth. Labyrinths have held a long, long fascination for me. And when I find one in, in Santa Fe, in Europe, when I travel, uh, I, my, the last one I did was out in Joshua Tree. So flashing my woo-woo license here, and, and Jim Davis and I have been talking about our woo-woo licensing here. I love labyrinths because at the gate, I ask a question. And I contemplate that question as I begin to weave in and out. And by the time I get to the center, I have journeyed the question. Jim and I were talking about labyrinths and he mentioned how he uses them in therapy. And now being the program, one of the program managers out there at Sierra Tucson, I wanted Jim to come on the podcast and talk about this inward journey that therapy uh, is and how the labyrinth can represent that and how he uses the labyrinth that they have out at Sierra Tucson, which is a beautiful one. So my guest today on Beyond Risk and Back is Jim Davis from Sierra Tucson. Jim, thank you so much. Thanks for being on Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you, thank you. Nice to see you. Tell me your first name again. I'm Aaron. Aaron, thank you. Of course, of course. Okay, so the labyrinth, I've, they're, they're in square shape, they're in circular shape. People, you've seen them. It's it's a maze that they put on the ground in rock or in tile. You walk in, it weaves you in and out of the circle into the center, and then to get out, you take a different path from the center, weaving in and out. 
out to ultimately a different exit than not, not on ours. No, oh, yours has one entrance, one, one exit. Yeah, same path in and out. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this because you started the conversation about how you use it for therapy. Okay. Well, it's a different mindset when I'm when I'm doing it with a, with a, a a group of people, say a therapy group of eight. Um, I am their facilitator, and so what I do for them is I'll I'll set them up, and then send them in about thirty seconds apart. So they're even though there's eight of them walking the labyrinth together, they're each in, in a different spot, so they're each having a unique experience, right? That's very different than when I'm sort of out of sorts or questing myself and I'll go out there at lunch by myself and then I walk the labyrinth for me. So therapeutically, it's a very, for me, it's very different than, than when I'm doing an inward journey for my own self. Um, among all the other things that we were discussing earlier, I've been a, 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 a Zen person, you know, so a seated meditation and there is a Zen practice called Kin In, where you, uh, it's a walking practice. And I will do that in the labyrinth. And it's odd, no matter how out of sorts I am, when I, when I just simply walk and focus on each step as it comes, when I wind to the center of the labyrinth, do whatever I'm called to do in the center, and then wind myself back out, somehow a shift has happened and i i didn't kind of didn't know that that would happen at first um but now i count on it it's something that actually it it really does somehow i wind myself you know when you're in the labyrinth there's outside the labyrinth and there's inside the labyrinth and when you're in there what exists in the outside world takes on less and less meaning for me as I get near the center. So it's very much a meditation. And when I get to the center, um, you know, I do a little ritual in there, my own little thing. And then I wind myself back out into the world and go forward from there. So it's I guess it's kind of like a sacred space or a ritual space for me. I think people treat it as one and so it becomes one. Whether it becomes one, you know, whether there's a physical manifestation of energy because of how people treat it or whether just people hold it sacred because of its symbolic meanings or its archetypal meanings. Right. Um, it tends to be that thing that when you're in there, you enter into a space, no different than entering a church and you talk quieter or entering a bowling alley and you get weird shoes. It's, you know, it, it becomes a place where something happens. Right, 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 right. I didn't expect it, is right. what I'm telling you, the first time. But I now you do. But now I do. I really like that. I really like that because, like I said, every time I find myself at a labyrinth, I walk it. And it, and it, has, it has been one of the best counselors for when I have a business question or an emotional question or a relationship question, part of the thing that I find when I'm walking a labyrinth is that I walk away from the original question. 
and then I return to it. Like if the question that I ask, almost if like you're doing a tarot reading or a rune reading, or um, you ask a question, and then everything you do is based on uh, the beginning point of that question. So as I move away from the question, I find myself regarding a different aspect of that question. And then I return to the question because our labyrinth weaves you in and out and around and back and in and out and around and back on a different, a different perspective of the question. Keep getting nearer and nearer to it until you end up in the center. And often in the center, there's an altar, a fire pit, uh, an anipi, um, a, a, a sanctuary. Right, exactly. So in and out of this process, we find ourselves with an answer. You and I were talking before the mic went live. This is like therapy. Well, it is in that if you go back historically with a labyrinth, you get to uh, Greece and Crete. And the Minotaur, remember? It's where they, it's where they kept the monster. Right, yeah. it's where they kept the monster. And similarly, a lot of people will not look inside. They will drink themselves to death. They will uh, harm themselves. They will run. They will do whatever it takes not to look inside. So somewhere that, that symbol of the monster being at the center, I think a lot of people will play that out. And so it's a very, the labyrinth becomes a very interesting um, metaphor in that way. Uh, because you do get to the center and you do get some clarity if you're willing to walk it, right? And so similarly with therapy, a lot of times people feel like they have demons inside or something that, that they really don't want to look at and they run away from and so I think that, that, that the pilgrimage, if, if, if you will, of just simply doing a labyrinth is very useful to people because it kind of, it, it's the beginning, or it can be a beginning of, of, of an inner journey. We're starting to allude to one of the archetypal expressions of the labyrinth, which Joseph Campbell spoke about extensive the journey of the hero the journey of the hero the exactly. inward journey the, the journey to the cave of the innermost self yes that's right um and what what we have found and the reason why we teach the hero's journey at our facility that is our english curriculum is teaching the hero's journey in the archetypes oh, really? yeah not only wow. of joseph campbell but of jung and then our own archetypes um but it's because as the kids are studying it inevitably one of the kids is going to say, hey, this is like what I'm going through. And we say, yes, you yes, are. It is. You're not, you're not a good, kid. Good job, kid. Good job. Yeah. High five. You figured it out. You're not just a kid struggling with depression. You're a hero on an epic saga to slay a dragon. And the dragon is taking the form of depression in this case. That's right, that's right. That's right. Okay, do, do, do your clients buy into this 
woo-woo process? Because I know some people are, are listening to this and maybe even had to look up what a labyrinth is. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And I don't go into it with them because personally, I think that everybody's got their own metaphysical bent. And I don't want to prejudice what somebody does when they step into that labyrinth. So I really don't talk about it much. I tell them if they got something on their mind to try and leave it outside and simply walk the labyrinth. And then, then when they return to see what, what it is, I'll say that much. But I don't, I don't go into it much with them because they might find something totally different and I don't want to prejudice their thinking. So you're still using kind of the power of the archetype of the symbology of it to do its own work yeah and you're not asking yeah, them exactly. to buy into that's right okay that makes a lot of sense you know so so as we started talking about and you started talking about that labyrinth first thing i thought about is how much of a mystery the human brain still is that we have so many things to discover as we try to answer this question in the labyrinth of the human mind and Joseph Campbell had a quote about the hero path. But as you were saying that, I was like, oh, yeah. He said, we have not to even risk the adventure alone, for the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. And where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find God. And where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. And where we had thought to travel outwards, we shall come to the center of our own existence. And where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. That is the essence of the labyrinth. That that's, that's what the Greeks were talking about. That going in to face that monster, you end up just staring into the mirror and yeah. finding that you're... You're human. You know, when my kids were growing up, there was a movie that was popular. It was called The, uh, the Never-Ending Story. Of course. And at one point in the journey of the hero, he came to this gate and was told that rather than enter this gate, grown men will run away screaming. Turned out the gate was a mirror and they looked at themselves. And, and that's, so that's exactly what we're talking about here. You know, there's suspicion that if we, we take that journey to our center, there may be something out of control. There may be some, but, but, but the journey is to slay that dragon, is yes. to go there, find what it is. And then most times we realize it's not nearly as scary as we thought it would be. But even when it is, we survive it and we get through it. And that is the path of the ladder. All that treasure that the dragon, that Minotaur took, the reasons why we locked it away in the cave of the innermost self into the shadowy depths of our human psyche and say, don't go there. It does take the courage of a warrior male female it's not about a man rescuing a woman That's from a right. monster it's about the virtue rescuing the innocence from the shadow and for our own self for our own self our village right we are this is the kingdom this is the realm this is the village right. and that dragon has stolen all the gold that's our self-worth 
and it's stolen all the, it's burned all the crops and, and you know, killed the cattle. That's how we nurture ourselves. And that's what trauma takes from us. It's eaten the children. It's eaten the children. It's, it's destroyed our hope for the future. That's right. And it's kidnapped the princess. But when we face it. Yes. And that's it. That is the journey. This is, this is to me the, the ultimate work of an addict. And this labyrinth is the symbol, in my opinion, of what happens when an addict enters into Recovery. treatment. Because uh -huh. treatment usually is only the gate, right? I mean, the journey is... That threshold. Is, yeah, right. That's right. And, and when you're in treatment, like a labyrinth, you circle away from that self. You, you, you blame your family. You, you blame your genetics. You blame your brain. You circle back in. Take a look at your behavior, your choices. You circle back out. You, you, you blame the, the missing father, but then you have atonement. You circle back in. The goddess is there. It really is a beautiful symbol. And you learn that the monster wasn't really a monster. It was really just you all along. I love this. Yeah. I, you and I have longer conversations to have, Jim. Jim, talk a little bit about your work with Sierra Tucson, how people can get in touch with you, who you serve. Well, there's a question for you. It's got a long answer, but I'll, I'll shorten it up. Um, I, uh, as a person in recovery, many years ago, very young, uh, on my own journey, I trying to figure out what to do when I grew, grew up. Um, I went back to school and did a, a master's degree in clinical psychology and family therapy with an addictions emphasis. So I ended up at Sierra Tucson 15 years later um, and now uh, I work in, uh, I, I've taken a specialty in somatic experiencing to work specifically with trauma. And that has forced me to look in myself, take another journey, you know, another labyrinth into my childhood where there really were some monsters that I had to face. And this is in my 60s now. Right. This is not as a kid. This is recent. Right. Right. So that that labyrinth metaphor keeps coming up in my work. So I uh, I'm in the program department at Sierra Tucson. I've been there 18 years. Um, I uh, uh, I'm currently working with families, uh, not so much with patients, but their families when they come out. And believe me, those families are. Um, many times begin begin the kind of journey we're talking about during family week they begin to say oh it's not him or it's not her it's me and what is my contribution and then they begin to enter the the pathway of towards towards their own healing right so it, it's it, it's a gift it's a uh, it's an honor for me to go to work
and to to have people um, say, Jim, what do I do now? And where do I go now? Um, and I do my best. And sometimes I help people do something really important in their lives. You know, folks, I'll tell you, Sierra Tucson is a world-class program. It's been around for a while. Uh, it's a beautiful campus. Beautiful. 35 years, I think. 35 years, beautiful campus. Like I said, I've been on the property. It's gorgeous. Give them a call. If, 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 if you've got an adult who needs recovery and you need some support trying to find help, they got your back. It's a great program. Do you mind if I make a little plug? Uh, uh, please do. Okay. Well, this is something that's a little bit unique about us because we, we did start out as a chemical dependency treatment center, but over the years we've, we've branched out a bit. And so now we're doing inpatient treatment for anxiety, depression, bipolar, and trauma. Oh, oh yeah, and also uh, for pain. So those things are more typically treated outpatient, but we actually have them in in the same uh, similar model to chemical dependency so so they come in for a month they get extensive treatment and then we we um i started to say transfer but that isn't exactly right we move them out towards the next phase of treatment transition we transition them. that's the word i was looking for thank you um yes we transition them out so once again just like walking into a labyrinth it's uh, it's a journey that begins with treatment. It doesn't end when they leave treatment. Right, of right. course. Right. Okay. You, you know how a labyrinth? Well, our labyrinth is 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 the one that they have in France. Yes. It's the Chartres Cathedral, and it's actually built into the stones there. Um, but it is it's a circle with four quadrants, right? Exactly the same as a medicine wheel, exactly the same as a mandala. And they're all a journey. You enter, you go through, and then you come out at the end of your journey. So I've always been intrigued by the similarity of, of very, very different cultures coming up with very, very similar uh, symbolic journeys. Um, I don't know what to do with that yet. I'm kind of meditating on it and going, gee whiz. And you know, where I live, we have petroglyphs. Yeah. You know, we have the, 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 the Hohokam uh, Indians lived in, in my area like 12, 1,200 years ago. And, and I can walk in the hills and there's spirals on, on the rocks up there that have been there for a long, long time. Very similar journey to the center, right? It's that same that same theme repeated one more time. So it does seem to be archetypal, and I just know for my own self that when I enter a labyrinth, something changes. Yeah, I agree, and I think I think people understand that when you enter into a therapeutic process, something changes. As and well. I, and I believe that the labyrinth is the symbol like the dragon the princess and the warrior story it's a symbol of very old therapeutic process and how to confront that darkness within jim uh thank you thank you for being on the show i appreciate it i i got a, another guest coming up here soon 
but I want you and I to keep in touch because uh, we've got a, and talking before the mic went hot. We got a few things in common, including tattoos. Yes, we do. So we got <laughs> including including certain ones on our back. Including certain ones on our back. Yeah. And uh, so I want to extend you to the grip and thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, folks, parents, remember, you take care of yourself first. You take care of your adult relationship second. You take care of your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. My guest has been Jim Davis from Sierra Tucson, and we've been talking about labyrinths. Go to Wikipedia and look it up. I've been looking at the one from the Chartres Cathedral. Chartres. Chartres. Uh, cathedral early 1200s beautiful one yeah folks thank you for listening to beyond risk and back and we will thank you aaron you're welcome jim thank you we'll talk again Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Join us each week for your connection to experts in adolescent health and wellness, recovery, and responsibility, and also to listen to teens talk about their lives in crisis. For more information on our program for struggling teens or me, please go to firemountainprograms.com, join us on Facebook at Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center, or at Beyond Risk and Back. Visit our YouTube channel at Fire Mountain RTC for even more support with our parent training videos. Special thanks to Mental Health News Radio for their continued love and support of our program. Please go to mentalhealthnewsradio.com to see all of their podcasts. Feel free to email me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com. We are neighbors. All right, cool. Thank you very much. Jim, I need to get your picture. Okay.